and Guam Trippy Kids presented by Bad News Media. It is January 13th, and we have finally made it to our destination. Wild Card Weekend is upon us. We've made it through 18 long regular season weeks. I've enjoyed every moment of it, but we are now in crunch time. we got to hone in our skills, give the listeners some good bets. How are we doing today, good sir? I'm great. Um, I will officially be happy through this weekend and then through next weekend. But once it gets down to those those conference finals where it's just those two games on Sunday, I start getting sad. Um, yes. So it's, it, it's coming. <laughs> Very sad. Yep. Um, I'm with you on that. I think before we jump into the games, just a quick little recap of the season as whole. As Trophy Kids listeners, if you followed us on our future bets, you did quite well. A nice 3-1 mm-hmm. record on the season. Only one to miss was those damn Cowboys in their win total. It did go over. I did. We did short them once again, but we'll talk about them here in the playoffs. Panthers over. Raiders big time under. And the Eagles, your NFC beast champions, doing quite well for ourselves on that uh, that side of things. But uh, any very well. Thoughts about the season as whole teams? Anything before we hop into the playoffs? Um, no, nothing really. You know, we underrated Dallas this year, and folks will probably underrate them again next year. <laughs> yep, every year. <laughs> oh, it's just a cyclical thing. It's what we love to do here. Um, I will give a shout out to Lovey Smith. What a great just f you on his way out of the building. God damn it, I love Lovey. He's a hard guy to hate. <laughs> just no, he really is. He said, you know what? You know what? the hell with this team that disrespects me i'm gonna hook the team up that actually did kind of respect me i'm gonna hook them up with the first round pick right with the, with the number one pick it's just that's just hilarious yep absolutely love it um your washington commanders are in a, a tough spot the more and more i watched that game the more and more i felt for you because you're in that i think unfortunate dead zone where you're not bad enough to just be oh, yeah. in the lottery for next year's just insane qb draft but also not good enough to be like, oh, we are a perennial playoff team. You're in the dead zone. That's I do feel for you there. Yeah, it's very frustrating. We're just floating along, just just taking taking us wherever the current takes us. Um, it, it it sucks. Um, <laughs> uh, luckily, we'll get a new offensive coordinator in there. But Ron Rivera was just interviewed in how he wants to run a two to one run to pass offense in the year 2023. So I'm sure that's real attractive for some young, innovative offensive coordinators. Yeah, right. He'll probably bring in someone real old. Well, maybe you'll be actually be in the Caleb Williams sweepstakes next year with that philosophy. So, hey. And if that happens, Ron will be gone. <laughs> yes, this is very true. I mean, that's next year's draft class is looking mighty fine. Much better than this year's, I would say. So that is the true number one pick. But Bears fans have been hilarious on social media because, man, did they not have a lot to look forward to this season. But the fact that they have the number one pick – a bajillion dollars in cap space to just go bananas with. They're going to have themselves an offseason. They are, and I mean, I know it's, it, it wouldn't be popular, and if I was a Bears fan, I would hate the thought of it, but if you're really thinking about being real, real smart here, I mean, trade Justin Fields, acquire Bryce Young, acquire draft capital at the end of the day. I mean, I know your hearts are in it with Justin Fields, and you love him and everything, but I do not hate the idea. I don't. It depends on the price. It's what's ever being offered out there in the market for him. I'm with you. And how far you would slide back. Yeah, I don't hate it. I Because they have a full, full rebuild ahead of them. There is no... Well, in this scenario, this scenario, though, you're not sliding back because you're taking Bryce Young, but you're shipping Justin Fields. Ah, I get what you're saying here. I, mm. I, it's hard to do because you watch Justin Fields just scamper all over the field. Yeah. And as the Chicago fans, I'm sure they love him with all their hearts. Yeah, oh, man. I, I mean, if you're building a team, that's 
that's an opportunity. Yeah, the real problem is they haven't had a guy since like Cutler, obviously, like arguably. So it's hard when yeah. you're like, oh, I think we finally have our guy at quarterback oh, yeah. to be like, let's ship him off. But I, I do get the point. Um, I am tired yeah. of all these media hacks coming out here talking about how Justin Fields isn't, you know, a franchise guy. Like, come on, that team had nothing going for it this year, and he still balled out. Like, give uh, me a break here. Yeah, as a team, as a fan of a team that's been starving for quarterbacks for, I mean, we went through it last, last week. Um, I would trade for Justin Fields so fast. Yeah. Hey, how about Sam Howell? Looked half decent, took some opportunities there, and you're just sitting there just screaming to the heavens at Ron Rivera for why were we not competitive the week before. But, hey, that's Ron yeah. Rivera for you. It is frustrating, and, you know, he, of course he didn't know that we could have been out of the playoffs. So, I mean, he might have thought we still had a shot there in that game there. Who knows? But, yeah, Sam didn't look bad at all. I mean, for a fifth-round pick, he can move. He's got an arm. I, I, I don't hate going into next season with him competing for the job, at least. Yeah, might as well open up the competition. Like I said, I also don't hate Tank for next year's draft class because there yeah. are some players in there that could be, I mean, Quinn Ewers, depending on how he pans out. Like I said, Caleb Williams, who I think – Oof, man, I know people are comparing him to Patrick Mahomes. I think we need to pump the brakes there, but man, is that guy. Caleb Williams yeah. does ball out, <laughs> to say he the least. He is a stud, and yeah. he's a D.C. guy. Just saying. This Just is saying. This is very true. All right, let's talk about some playoff football here. First game on the board, Seahawks 49ers. Line set at 9.5, over under 42.5. The Seahawks are just happy to be here. They had the Lions do their dirty work for them last week. What a great game by Dan Campbell um, and the Lions crew. I'm glad to see them go into next season with a little upward momentum. I fear for what might happen to their OC because I do think he might get picked off this offseason, and that's troublesome for the Lions. But the Seahawks are glad to be in here. And they run into the 49ers. The juggernaut we did call out months ago when Jimmy was still starting quarterback. Like, hey, watch out for this team. This team could get rolling before Christian McCaffrey was even on the team. And now they are looking as a lot of people's favorites to come out of the NFC because they are a powerhouse. They're through three quarterbacks. Nothing has really changed. Still performing at a high level. The numbers nine, I think we're probably going to be on the same page that 49ers win this game. So let's talk more from a betting perspective. Do you have a side on this? Do you think the Seahawks can hang in this? What are you thinking with this number? It's tough. I mean, I think of their recent matchup in Seattle actually kind of was still in in the third quarter, and then there was a defensive touchdown, and that just kind of turned things completely over. Um, but you got to also remember that was also in Seattle. Um, them going to San Fran here, I'm a little worried about it. I don't even know what's happening weather-wise in California anymore. I, I don't know. <laughs> I, I, I get on Twitter, and it sounds like they, they're having, like, hurricanes. It sounds like they're hitting that state. So I don't know what the weather angle is going to be, uh, but I, I think, you know, especially if it's, if it's wet, it's definitely going to favor San Fran. So I, I, I think this is going to be kind of a boring first game of our playoff weekend. I, I think this is probably going to be a San Fran blowout. Yeah, this is a tough one um, for the Seahawks because I, as I was going through it, I just I couldn't make an argument any matchup. I mean, they are giving up the no. six most yards per rushing attempt. So if the weather is shitty, and that's they face this team without McCaffrey. McCaffrey's now getting going. He understands the system. Kyle Shanahan is in his bag when it comes to calling plays offensively. What they do offensively from a run blocking standpoint is phenomenal. The Seahawks are also giving up the fourth most yak yards 
don't know if you guys know this, but the 49ers do a pretty decent job of picking up yards after the catch. Yeah. Um, and I think the most concerning thing is the Seahawks cannot cover tight ends. They cannot cover short passes. Brock Purdy has absolutely loved Kittle. That's been a very profitable prop bet for me, and mm-hmm. uh, hopefully some of you listeners have hopped on there. I think he has seven touchdowns since Brock Purdy um, started at QB. So uh, Kittle's prop bets, I think, are something to look at there. Um, but the thing that gives even most concern is even if the weather is mildly bad, the Seahawks do not get a lot of pressure. And for what you do want to do against young quarterbacks, it's been well-documented. First playoff starts, they do tend to fare poorly um, in their first playoff starts. But Brock Purdy has shown that he completely understands his offense. He knows where to go with the ball. He gets there on time, unless you have to speed up his process. Seahawks are only creating pressure on about 20% of dropbacks. That's towards the bottom half of the league. They're 31st in blitz rate. So if you can't cover tight ends, you give up a ton of yak, you can't stop the run, and you don't generate a whole lot of pressure— I don't know how defensively you stop this 49ers team. And then we flip the ball. How the hell does the Seahawks do anything offensively against the 49ers defense that has just gotten better and better as the season goes on? They can't. They can't. <laughs> yeah, like, this just feels this feels like a, like a bad, bad, bad spot. Like, congratulations you got there. I'm happy you did. Geno Smith's been a great story. But, whew, <laughs> man, is this a bad spot for the Seahawks. Yeah. Um, anything else on this game before we... Uh... That's about it. All right, cool. Chargers-Jags. This is a fun game. Um, mm-hmm. This is a team with the Chargers a lot of people have been picking up on for potentially future betting, you know, their odds to get to the championship because they have such... I think they're 20-1 to 1 right now in the market type of thing. The Jags have picked up offensively. Good feel-good story here. Staley's been a moron like he's always been playing guys in a high-altitude game in Denver right before the season ends with nothing to lose or gain in that game. And, of course, Mike uh, Mike Williams gets hurt because Staley doesn't know how to tie his left from his right. Um, lines 2.5, over under 47.5. This is a fun matchup. What do we kind of got here for the night slate on Saturday to round us out? Um, yeah, you said it. It's a fun matchup. This might be the best matchup of the weekend, and I would have never guessed this. <laughs> I mean, are you kidding me? Um, yeah, so I think it should be a good one. These teams played early in the season. Jacksonville actually kicked the shit out of the Chargers, uh, but that Chargers team back then was mightily injured. Yeah. Um, I think that was so Herbert's that is... first game back, too, from the cartilage injury to the ribs. That sounds right. Yeah, that does sound right. That timing there. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, that, I don't take much from that game. Um, I... I I lean Chargers just based on the talent, but I get worried just just that whole travel going all the way over to Jacksonville. It's 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 tough to say. I I, I hope that um, Staley can get away from you know insisting on. He's a fine player, but the amount of usage that Joshua Kelly gets it's it's too much. You have Austin Eckler, give him the ball a million times. Um, yep. He just. <laughs> He refuses to do it. It drives me insane. Um, I think if they do that, I, I like the Chargers. But if if they don't do a good job of getting the ball, get it to Eckler's hands, get it to Keenan Allen, get it to the playmakers, I, I just that's where I get a little bit concerned because you know Doug Peterson's going to do that in Jacksonville. Um, I think the coaching edge really goes to Jacksonville. Um, yes. So I, I think the Chargers are definitely the more talented team, but I actually kind of like Jacksonville on the spread, which is just wild to me. <laughs> yeah, who thought we would have been saying that at the start of the season? Um, <laughs> but, hey, Doug Peterson is a hell of a coach. I mean, the guy, it takes a little while for his offenses to go, but around this time, the player, mainly if the QB can pick up the concepts, which Trevor Lawrence has done here towards the end of the season, 
things do start to get rolling, which I think leads to my point is I kind of expect some points here. Um, yeah. The Jacksonville's defense started off the season strong and has been just going downhill every single week. Um, yeah. And I could say the same thing about the Chargers. I mean, the Chargers are giving up the fourth most yards per completion at 11.9 yards per completion right now. Jags are behind them at 11.01. Um, so, you know, this is something where I think if the Chargers are smart here and they let Justin do his thing, they, they work a lot of play action, which the Jags have been susceptible on defense. Um, Chargers are going to pick up some points. I did bet the Chargers team total um, on the game so far. But Jacksonville also has an opportunity here because Trevor Lawrence, the one thing he does do very well is when you blitz him and you can't get home, he he does do a good job of distributing the ball. Right now, the Chargers are blitzing at the eighth highest rate, but they're generating only the 22nd most pressure per drop back. So that's a recipe for, for Trevor Lawrence here, especially towards the end of the season, now that he knows where to go with the ball. Um, and he's kind of gotten Urban's disaster coaching out of his head and Doug Peterson has picked up here. So I expect points. I don't think I'm going to do anything with the the spread. I, I haven't made a move yet on the total. I did bet the Chargers team total. I may bet the Jags as well. Um, but I think it's going to be a fun game, and I do think we can ex- expect points in this one um, right off the bat. Yeah. Every one of these games, all, also, by the way, is a matchup from previous in the season. I don't know the last time that's happened in the playoffs. I probably should have looked that up, but as I was looking, doing prep today, Every one of these games is a previous matchup that we had seen earlier in the season, some twice because they're divisional matchups. Yeah, a lot of them twice. Yeah. yeah. Lot of da- lot of data points out there. Um, mm-hmm. Dolphins-Bills. I don't expect this one to be a long one because this game has dramatically changed with, with health yeah. news. Um, the line's at 13.5 right now. Over-unders, 43.5. You know, Hamlin's gotten great news, so the Bills now, that's gone from a tragedy to motivation where the Dolphins are facing sort of the opposite problem. Tua's not going to play. Teddy Bridgewater's dealing with a pinky issue on his throwing hand. Who knows if he's going to go. Thompson's got a MCL or some type of sprain injury there, so he's wobbling around. You've got injury concerns all around the Dolphins. Tyreek Hill was wobbling around last game. I don't see an angle here for Miami yeah. even to win this game. I don't even know if they can cover this game. It's a 13 number. I don't have to bet it, so I'm not going to bet it. I don't know what you're doing here, but it this is this is a nothing burger. Yeah, it's kind of a bummer. We have, you know, two games on Sunday where quarterback play is going to be bleh, not, you know, not great, unfortunately, and you know, in the playoffs that's that's really where you want it. Uh Miami, they were just they were limping so badly at the end of the season, and then they just win that baseball score game against the Jets at the end. This team Nah, they, they just don't have it, uh, which is kind of a bummer because when they were on during the season, they were really fun to watch. Yep. Um, you know, I think, you know, they could come back next year and still, you know, as long to his health is massive, obviously. Yep. Um, but, you know, as long as he stays healthy, I think they'll be a fun team again next year. Um, so I don't really have a play leaning bills, but I, I can't do a 13 and a half point spread. Um, but I don't hate, you know, teasing the bills somewhere, um, yep. somewhere in this, on this board. That's, that's, Something I would definitely look into. I don't hate that. Also, I am kind of wondering, I mean, we'll talk about Lamar and Baltimore here, but all indications show Lamar's going to become a free agent this year. Miami's got two of concerns. He'd be worth, you know, throwing the hat in the ring. I know you mentioned it earlier in the season. I mentioned that. He would would look good in Miami. Um, Very good. Yeah, so I... Yeah, I think it's something to pay attention to. Yeah. Also, how dumb were those Mike McDonald might get fired if they don't make the playoffs talk? That was the dumbest thing I've ever heard. For hardball from Michigan, that's who you're going to bring back to the league for him? Like, what are we doing here? 
Yeah, that would be insane. I would immediately try to hire that guy in oh, Washington. He would yeah, be a I Jets mean, OC in a minute and making Miami's oh, yeah. life living hell because him and Sala are like best buddies. Holy shit, would that be Miami's worst nightmare? <laughs> yeah, it, it would. It wouldn't go well. I mean, he brought like life to Miami. Yeah. Miami, are you kidding me? And you want to bring in Hardball, who last time he was in the league lasted about half a second. Sure, he brought the 49ers to the Super Bowl, but then after that, that entire thing blew up in his face, and he's been yeah, running a terrible Michigan system for years, finally punching through. Like, what are we doing here? Yeah, you can't trust him. Yeah, no. he's a college coach. His brother's the NFL coach. Keep it out of the family. Yeah, um, John greater than Jim. Yes, very true. No doubt. <laughs> yeah, that would be. Oh, man. All right. <laughs> Giants-Vikings. The line's at three, over under 48-and-a-half. This game has some interesting games within the games, matchups within the matchups. Mm-hmm. Um, Brian Dable's a guy that I've been on the bandwagon for Coach of the Year. This is a guy we've talked about. I mean, if you're a listener of this podcast, you're probably like, would you shut the hell up about Brian Dable? Because <laughs> um, every week for the last couple of years I've been bringing it up. But the reason I'm bringing it up here is this is a matchup from a previous matchup, and one thing we have great data on is Dable's offenses have vastly improved in their second appearance against the teams, which is concerning because we've seen the Vikings team kind of trail off. And then when we look at the Vikings here, you know, this is a team a lot of people are calling fraudulent. We have said it's hard to win as many games as they had, but yeah, they're not as good as the record would show and can be definitely fraudulent at times if things start to go awry early. But what the Giants do defensively might work in the Vikings' favor offensively. What do you make of this game? What are you thinking here? you know, and, and how you might be playing this. It's a tough one because, I mean, the Vikings are a 13-win team. We've mentioned this 13-win team with a negative point differential. That is just, it's the craziest. I don't even know. I don't know how it's possible. Um, <laughs> my initial, like, my initial thought just looking at this, I find the total to be a little high. 48 and a half is, it, it's kind of high to me. Yeah. I don't know. I, I just don't think this would be as maybe high scoring of a game as we can and we may, might expect. Um, and you said, Dable, a lot of times he sees these teams again. I mean, I saw it. Um, we played this team back to back, and whew. Um, so yeah, I totally know what you mean there. And the Vikings just—it's been—it's been just such a, just like a roller coaster ride for this team. The way I kind of see this game going is I can see the Giants coming out early, going up. Vikings making a late comeback, probably sneaking out a win, but I don't know if they're going to cover. So I, I kind of lean Giants here to cover. Um, I think the Vikings will probably win. And then they'll likely have to hit the road next week in the playoffs, and they'll 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 get their L there for sure. That that's that's my lean here, but I could see the Giants winning this game. Yeah, the the problem I've been sitting here looking at that money line all week, and the thing that is making me hesitant towards hitting that for the Giants is Don Martindale on the defense. He is maybe the most stubborn defensive coordinator I've ever seen in my life. It's why he didn't last or why he got kicked out of Baltimore. The guy just loves to blitz and play no man behind it. All he does is blitz. The highest blitz rate in the NFL. And one thing that Kirk Cousins is pretty decent at is picking up blitzes in zone coverage. If you're not going to play man behind the blitz, Chris Cousin or Chris Cousin, Kirk Cousins splits versus man versus zone are pretty dramatic, especially within the Vikings offense. And that is the only thing that gives me hesitation about backing the Giants on the money line is because we've seen this Vikings team week after week this year. Things go bad in the first half, but then I could see, like you said, the Giants get out to an early lead. Don doesn't adjust the defense. He stays ultra aggressive. And here come the Vikings again with a late surge to win the game, um, which is why I'm so hesitant with this money line. 
Yeah, I agree. That that's pretty much exactly the way that I see this game going. <laughs> yeah. So I, I feel pretty good about the Giants on the spread, but I, I just even though it's only three, I don't feel good about that money line. Yep. I, the, the Vikings they find ways to pull it off, and they're at home, which we talk yep. about week in and week out. How that is, you know, home field advantage can sometimes be overrated in the NFL. Not in Minnesota. That is a legit home field advantage. That place is rocking and rolling every weekend. So, yeah, I'm with you. I feel like that game's going to be wild down in the minute. Probably not something if, you know, you got something to do. First half's maybe a good idea. Run to the store, get your yep. errands done, and then make sure you tune into the second half uh, for fireworks. Yeah. And mostly for the next game. Uh, the Ravens versus the Bengals. The line's at 9.5, over-under 40.5. I don't think this is going to be a very exciting game, but there could be some interesting mm-hmm. thing from a betting perspective. Reason we don't think this is gonna be an interesting game is Lamar is I don't know if it's official yet, but I would be shocked if he plays. It's why when this line came out, I hammered it at five and a half. I then watched that press conference on Tuesday and I saw uh, Hardball's body language and just the look of a defeated man talking about whether or not Lamar may or may not play. And I was like, there ain't a shot in hell he's playing. <laughs> I hammered the line again at six and a half. We are now at nine and a half. This is why you know as gambling becomes more accessible, people. It pays to look early. I'm not saying fire the trigger always because sometimes lines will move in your advantage, but when you see a five-and-a-half line open up for Ravens Bengals with the types of injuries that were looming, you got to take advantage of that. Um, now, we don't know who the starter's going to be. Could be Huntley. Could be another Brown showing from last week. And then you got the Bengals, who a lot of motivation, a lot of anger going towards the NFL right now, as we saw with the way they're doing. But the offense... They looked good last week only because they got a lot of the defense turned the ball over and gave them preferable field advantage. These are two teams that battle each other defensively generally. How do you see this game going? So I watched pretty much all last week's game and the Bengals were clearly the better team, clearly, you know, clearly the winners of the game. But you're right. They they had had a lot of things go their way. And Joe missed a lot. Yeah. Joe missed. I mean, he missed Tyler Boyd a couple times. Um, So you got to hope and think that that won't happen again. Um, but then you got to remember about these Ravens, man. Not necessarily this team, just the Ravens in general. This is a team that in 2010 went up to Foxborough. Joe Flacco threw the ball 10 times, and they won 33-14. to 14, And they didn't have any defensive touchdown. It was, just, it was just run the ball, run, nonstop. And that's what they're going to try to do here against Cincy. Um, I don't think they're going to do what they did in Foxborough. I don't think it's going to be a 33-14 to 14. <laughs> anything like that i don't think they're even going to win the game um i still do lean Bengals when it comes to the spread but just don't forget the the ravens they you know harbaugh that coaching staff they know how to win they know how to win ugly especially in the playoffs they're going to do everything they can to just hang on to that ball for as long as they can these teams are just two complete opposites Bengals high flying you know get the ball to the receivers playmakers ravens more you know time of possession um, hand the ball off, give it to Dobbins, you know, give it, give it to Gus Bus. But I'm leaning Bengals, but I would not be surprised if the Ravens actually covered and surprised us a little bit. Yep, that's why I think there could be some interest here. Is is that because the yeah. number has gotten so high that while I do think the Bengals should win this game, there could be some interest here in the total. I don't hate throwing this in a teaser. Um, yep. I don't hate looking sure. at some player props here. T. Higgins, though, one thing here is he's dealing with a hip uh, pointer, um, which could hurt their explosiveness. Also, though, Joe Burrow has been absolute money from a betting perspective. In his last 23 starts, he is 19-4 and four against the spread, so he has been a powerhouse when it comes to making you some money. Um, 
I don't hate the teasers. Like you said, the Ravens are just, they're a tough team. They're a tough out. This defense, too, just the things they do defensively seem to always give Zach Taylor and this offense a little trouble. They have a couple wrinkles in there that throws them off. Same thing on the other side. Even though we, we've said, or I've said time over time, Lou is probably my favorite defensive coordinator. He's absolutely lights out in the second half. Um, so this could also be a low-scoring affair. Totals might be worth looking at here, um, seeing where this number goes, especially given the public will probably be coming in as it's the Sunday night game. They like to bet high points. They'll probably bet the Bengals. This number could move even more. Um, so something to look out for there. All right, last game on the schedule, because, of course, we have to have a Monday night game, which I absolutely hate as a Bucks fan. I hate having to wait all the way through this playoff <clears throat> weekend to go on Monday night because this could yeah. be utterly embarrassing for us or it could be <laughs> exhilarating. I don't know. One thing I will say for sure is could everybody shut up about the fact that Tom Brady's 7-0 and against the Cowboys? I, I'm uh. a big believer in dude theory, and every time I hear that stat uttered, I want to punch the Pearson in the media doing it. Stop saying it and throwing that into the atmosphere. Um, but the number's 2.5. Cowboys are favored. The game is in Tampa. Over-under is 45.5. This game is interesting because I have a lot of feelings about it. Some positive, some negative. I don't love the Tampa Bay coaching staff um, and what they've been doing, but I think if they do the right things in this game, which I'll go more into here in a bit, I think this could be a very easy win for the Bucks. But the fact that I don't have a ton of faith in them doing the right things makes this game all that much more interesting. What are your initial thoughts as we look at this game and kind of the keys that you're making for this Monday night? All right, so initial thoughts. I am also with you, um, and you should hate playing Monday because, I mean, even if you win, well, you're on a short week. That, that's kind of yep. messed up. But um, <laughs> anyways, but, um, and yeah, I agree with you. I'm also a big believer in the do theory. And unfortunately, like everything do theory related is on like Dallas's side. Zach yep. <laughs> like, is due to play well eventually. I don't know. Mike Parsons is due to find the quarterback, and Dallas is due to beat Tampa Bay. Um, yeah. So that's obviously very concerning. Um, now, you could also just say, well, do theory is just, it's a theory and it's completely made up. So, you know, just use that to, to reinforce your feelings here. Um, one thing I'm massively concerned about is, you know, Tampa Bay's inability to run the football and, you know, how important that is in the playoffs. You know, last year, wild card weekend, I think five out of the six winners, they all, we're leaning and rushing. Now, obviously, it depends on what's going on in the game. If you're winning, you're going to rush more. Um, but still, that that concerns me a little bit. Um, and then I, I think both, you know, I don't really think there's too big of a coaching staff advantage or disadvantage. I mean, I do like Dan Quinn on, on Dallas, but I'm not really crazy about their coaching staff either. Um, so what it comes down to is it's, it, it's Brady. So I'll take Tom Brady in the wild card every single time he's in it. So I, I take Tampa Bay. <laughs> yeah, this is a game that I, I hit at the three and a half when it came out. I got that number. I've also thrown in a couple teasers and teased it up. Um, it's a prime candidate at two and a half because you can tease it through the three and the seven um, if you want to back the box here. I think the things I struggle with, you're right. The rushing is a big concern. And the rushing is a big concern because the way we go about it makes us so incredibly predictable. Sure, we are passing the ball at a high rate. And people could look like, well, Tom Brady's got setting records in attempts and completions. And it's like, yeah, but we're only doing that on second and third down. We don't pass on first down. 
every defense in the world knows, okay, Todd Bowles, a defensive-minded coach, is freaking out that we're passing the ball too much, so we're going to run the ball all the time on first down. We get stuffed, and then we get in these awkward second and third downs because we're not successful on first down. I would love us to mix in some play action here on first down and get this overly aggressive Cowboys defense to bite because that is what they are. They're an overly aggressive defense at times. Right now, we're 21st in play action. What are we doing? Tom Brady has made a living off play, high play action rates and high motion rates. And we just, for whatever reason, don't seem to be doing that. Now, we've gotten some life the last couple of weeks. There's apparently been some internal meetings um, to change the offense, a.k.a. Tom Brady is deciding to take over <laughs> things, I think. Um, which concerns me because I do fear that this may be the last season I see him in a Tampa Bay jersey because I, I think uh, without Bruce being the head coach, uh, offensively, the the brain power is quite lacking on the uh, the sidelines there, um, and we've seen the flare ups of him wanting to go forward and Bowles denying him that, and Leftwich's game plan not always being on the same page as to what Brady wants to do. So we'll see, but I think there are certainly opportunities. I like that the Bucks' offensive line is getting healthier. Um, we're getting our, our tackles healthier, which will help with the Michael Parsons things as well as Tom Brady has made a living off moving around the pocket and avoiding edge pressure. The problem he has always faced is internally and Ryan Jensen is a, a big question mark so let's see what we get there um and then de defensively we're healthier I think people are shorting the Bucks defense a little too much right now I think people are forgetting that this secondary hasn't all been together since week five um we are getting healthier in the secondary that helps um as well as we sort of match up because outside of CeeDee Lamb who the hell is Dak throwing to like what are we talking no. about here so I'm not saying things are great. I have I have big concerns about the Bucks in general, but I think people are coming into this maybe with a a misleading idea of what the Bucks could look like here. Now we flip the coin because I don't want to be completely biased. Man, do I feel like Dak is due after the embarrassment <laughs> he had last week. I mean, everything that could go wrong went wrong. That was so bad. I, I couldn't believe. Like I, I guess they just underestimated because we did we had a bunch of defensive starters that were out and you know I, I guess they underestimated like young hungry players but I mean on one I don't know if you saw it but two plays in a row there was they did a quick out and Kendall Fuller jumped it first and I mean he had a pick six right in front of him and he drops it and the next play I almost thought my TV glitched it was the same play <laughs> but Kendall then grabs it and houses it and I'm just like what is Dak doing? What, what, what is Dallas doing? What's going on? Um, yeah, it was really ugly. They looked, they looked horrible. Absolutely horrible. That was one of the wild. I don't know if I've ever seen in my life a drop pick six, and then on the immediate next play, the exact same play happens for a pick six, though, with the same players involved. That was incredible. Kendall couldn't believe it. Yeah. Like, what, what's going on? I couldn't believe it from my couch. I was like, what the hell is happening? Um yeah, so that's interesting. I think the other part that the, the Cowboys can very much hurt us is if they are wise in using their slot wide receivers because as it's been well documented, we have a hard time covering slots. If you can isolate Devin White on a guy and use some motion to get him into coverage, oh my God, dude. I mean, just five-yard chunks all day long and then that occasional outburst from the five-yard route that turns into like 25 because he's just lost in space. Um <laughs> But that would require some some uh, legitimate coaching, and Mike McCarthy's getting to that time of year where where things get a little little confusing up in the brain. Fuzzy. Yeah, a little too many brats have been eaten, a little too much cheese dip. Things are starting to ferment in the brain and, and cause a little gas reaction up there. Um, 
So yeah, I do like the Bucks here. I, I think this is when things get dangerous for the Bucks. Now I don't have grand illusions of like a Super Bowl run right now. Some things are going to really have to change for that. But this is where Tom Brady, if the rumors are true and the meetings that have been happening behind closed doors with the offense and how they're going to come out and attack this game and that kind of jolt of energy we saw when it was like, oh yeah, Mike Evans is a really good deep threat. Let's start going to him a little bit more. Like those starts of things start to click and everybody's like, oh yeah, I forgot this is how we play offense. It makes him a scarier team in the NFC. Yep, definitely does. All right. Any other final thoughts? Anything you want to solidify bet-wise or anything else before we uh, rock and roll out of here? Nothing major. It's This is actually, in my opinion, this is a tough board. This is like one of the first wild-card weekends where I'm like, like that's a lock. I mean, yeah. maybe, well, no. I, I honestly, I don't feel like anything's a lock. Yeah. I, I like the 49ers. I haven't pulled the trigger there yet because like we said mm. in that breakdown, you can go back and listen to it. I just, I have hard ways making heads or tails of how the Seahawks even compete. But then again, the 49ers are known to have a dud every once in a while. Um, yeah. Also, one thing, I, I know this is crazy, but if I was the San Diego Chargers, and we mentioned it before, but I still do not understand this, I know you're in the playoffs, and I'm sure this is illegal, but fuck it, who cares? It's the NFL to make up their own rules. How are you not having backdoor conversations with um, Sean Payton right now? Like, how are we not with Vic Vangio lined up to be his defensive coordinator that defense and talent you have brandon staley yes i know you got to the playoffs but you've been well underperforming the last two years lombardi's an absolute disaster like sean payton running this chargers offense vic vangio running this defense I, just the things you could do pay the penalty i don't understand how this isn't happening behind closed doors yeah i i would spend the first round pick but then you also got to remember there's always that there's the, the saints are saying that they're not going to let Sean Payton walk or whatever. So, I, Which would be wild. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't know what's going on there. And Sean Payton, as we know, he, he's not afraid to make things ugly. So. <laughs> no, he's not. <laughs> so it could get real uh, ugly. <laughs> yeah. Who is uh, – I forget the rumor. I saw some crazy rumor for the Broncos, and I was like, of course that's the guy they're interviewing. I can't remember now. Great podcasting moment. But the <laughs> offseason is going to be fantastic. I can't wait to see where some of this shakes out. But, yeah, there was somebody where it was, oh, it was hardball. I was like, can you imagine hardball God. and Russell Wilson having conversations together? <laughs> Not at all. Are you kidding me? Russell's going to ask him, like, to, you know, schedule a meeting on his iPad. Jim's going to say, what the fuck's an iPad? I have like a that's not gonna work. The clip of Hardball and Winston and like, do you have a sex edition? <laughs> rent free in my head. <laughs> the way Hardball interacts with people is just like I don't know what's going on. Yeah. And him and Russell together would just be pure awkward comic gold. <laughs> oh my gosh, just that mic'd up. Oh, HBO. I don't know if I. It'd be so awkward. I don't even know if I could watch. We would need the mid-season HBO to be at <laughs> Denver next year. <laughs> They're bad enough. I don't know if they can say no at this point. <laughs> Probably not. I know Washington's one of the four finalists for Hard Knocks. Oh, my God. Ron Rivera. That's Ron Rivera's worst nightmare, having a camera follow him around all day. Like, oh, oh you do gosh. literally nothing. <laughs> oh, yeah, I know. They'd find out that Ron doesn't do a thing. <laughs> he's out there watering the plants when he's supposed to do, like – team meeting or something <laughs> can totally see that oh my god going for strolls bird watching around campus it's like hey ron <laughs> offense is meeting here soon do you want to be Probably included? A film yeah no i saw a blue bird over there the other day <laughs> gonna go track that down nice cardinal 
Oh, oh my goodness. God. All right. Well, that'll do it. We will be back next week. And as always, peace.